Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast. Wherever you find yourself today, you belong here. And we hope that this word uplifts and inspires you in your daily life. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Come on, we can get excited to come together again. Uh, or are you just clapping because this beautiful lady's right next to me, yeah? Okay. If you, if I have not had the honor of meeting you, I am Misty. I'm the other half of Omar here, and um, I have been spending my Sunday mornings with the kiddos downstairs. We believe here at Grace Church that our kids have the same size Jesus as we do up here. And let me tell you, we need you. So if you would like to serve with our kids, teach them the Word of God. Talk to me. We need you on our team. Yeah, I think I'm preaching the message today. So, you know, she's preaching already, plug-in ministry. I mean, it's awesome. Well, it's awesome. hey, um, we do have a special announcement for you this morning. It is a bittersweet announcement, but let me tell you, we are so excited for what God is doing in one of our very precious families, the Jacobs family, Stephanie, Come on up. Tay, Keziah, we want to invite you up. Now, we want our people watching online to see you guys, so I might move a little bit out of frame, but we're going to try to stay close, if that's possible. We even have Andres here on Facebook. We have Andres on, on Zoom. Hey, Andres. Everybody hey. wave at Andres. <laughs> Now, we have been walking with this precious family for about nine months now. Uh, they came... Oh, is Andres trying to say something? Uh, So we, um, they came to us about nine months ago and said, will you begin to pray with us? We feel that the Lord is calling us to Texas to be with Andres' family and to minister over there in Texas. And some of you may know this, some of you may not, but Stephanie has been working towards her pastoral license. And um, we know that this family is called into ministry and that God has a plan for them in Texas. And so Andres is actually already there. The Lord has provided a job for him, a house for them. And over these next few weeks, they're going to be getting ready to make that move. And as a church, we want to send them out. We want to bless them as they go and continue to impact the kingdom of God in Texas. Amen. Amen. We 100% believe that God raises up leaders in our church and sends them out to multiply what is happening right here. So we, um, but we also know that it's not easy, right? It's not easy leaving the home that we've grown up in. And it's going to be a new beginning for all of them. So we want to lay hands on you, bless you, pray for you as you continue this journey. We're going to have them for a couple more weeks. Um, So make sure you love on them. Invite them over for dinner. Bless them, okay? Um, But today we just wanted to, as a church, we believe no one stands alone. So can our um, leadership, staff, if you're comfortable, come and join us up here on stage. And the rest of you, can you stand and extend a hand as we uh, pray over them this morning? Got some uh, oil here, and we're just following scripture where when they sent out, they anointed, and they blessed, and they commissioned, and that's what this is. This moment's about. As a church body, we're going to bless, anoint, and commission them to this new season. 
Father God, we just thank you for the Jacob's family, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the, just the calling and anointing, God, that even though they are going to Texas, Lord God, because of many other reasons, but Lord, you called them there as well, and we acknowledge that as a church body, and we're asking for special blessing, covering, but also an empowerment as they take the step of faith in you, that you will bless them with a great community around them, that you would utilize every gift in them, Lord God, and that you would protect their family through this time of transition, but as they settle into this new season in this new place, we ask blessing, we ask, Lord God, for your ministry to continue on through them, Lord God, and we cover them, we bless them. In Jesus' holy name, we say amen. 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 We love you guys. I am so glad that we make time for moments like that. Oftentimes when there is a transition, and we've seen several transitions uh, this past year, uh, we need to see that it's healthy, that it is good. There's times where God will raise up people within us to, to move in the places here, and then there's times where God is sending people out because the mission field is ready and ripe, the Bible says, and so we are sending our best. And I just believe there's so much more stories, so much more miracles that God going to do because of your step of obedience now. It's easy and comfortable to just, just to kind of just put it off on the back burner, but you put it in the front and you say, God, I'm going to do what you called me now. And I'm just excited for that. And God's going to raise up more leaders and God's going to do so much more because that has always been the DNA of this church. And we've seen that. We've seen that played out. And I just love opportunities to model that in front of our church body. Uh, this is something we celebrate. Though it's sad to see a change, but we celebrate that God is on the move. God is on the move. Well, we're going to continue in that spirit uh, as we go into week two. So if you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and, uh, and click or open up or scroll down to the book of Isaiah chapter 54. That's where we've been camping out in this series titled Make Room. We're talking about making room. I love that we sang a song about making room. And let's continue to make room for what God has in store for us as we get into the Word, as we allow the Holy Spirit to continue its work, because I believe the Holy Spirit is at work in this moment. So uh, let, let's just pray. Let's settle our hearts. Let's let the, let the Holy Spirit continue in that posture, or let's be in that posture to let the Holy Spirit continue. Uh, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, just your goodness, Lord God. It is overflowing in this room, and I believe online, God, in the homes of everybody watching. God, we pray for your goodness and your grace, Lord, that would just continue to overflow from, from the gratitude of our hearts, Lord, today. Speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, we said, amen. amen. Now, last week, I gave you a lot of context, historical context, about this particular passage, and I said it's so important as you read Scripture, especially Scripture that is a prophetic book, that you take time to, to do some research, to, to go and to dig and understand the landscape and understand the original audience and who the author was. So hopefully you're doing your homework on that as you get into Scripture, and, and you allow it to, to get, all that in, get all that information and allow the Word of God to speak life into you where you're at in the moment. That's what I love about God's Word. It's living and it's active. And it's always got something for us each day. So make time, make room for God's word. And, um, and so, so I don't think I need to go into all that. If you have missed last week, I think it's vital that as we're in this series that you take time to learn about a little bit of the background of this. It'll make more sense to you because like I said last week, sometimes these prophetic scriptures can feel a bit abstract and, and, uh, and, and there's a lot of symbolism and metaphor, and I, I just want you to know, just kind of see it for what it is, and then allow the Holy Spirit to reveal something fresh in your heart today. Well, 
I have a big question that I, I want you to respond with, just a little bit of interaction. If you're online, uh, you, you could interact too with an emoji if you're, if you're able to do that, or just put a name or something. But I want to know, in this room, like, how many people, uh, you would consider yourself a handy person, like you're a handyman, a handy woman, you're just good with building and, and repairing. Yeah, raise your hand right now. Say, if you are a handy person, like, that is you. There's hands all over this room. I love it. I love it. Some of you are hesitant because you're like, what is the pastor going to ask me to do? (laughs) Settle down. I'm not asking you for anything. Not yet. Actually, we are blessed with a lot of people that are are really handy. I mean, uh, you've seen the whole lobby reset. Isn't that cool? Yeah, let's give, let's give just some honor where honors due. There's a lot of people that contributed to that, a lot of our people that came. I mean, we had some people that came in and, and did some other uh, jobs here, but we had people that came and volunteered their time and their sweat and, and just did a great job. It's, everything out there is it's just amazing uh, and downstairs. But, but yeah, we have handy people. They're, 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 uh, they're amazing. That's a special gift that doesn't always um, get the platform, but I just want to do that right now just Thank you so much for all of you who've done that. But all of you who raised your hand, I mean, just you could be proud of that. Like, you have that special gift that God has given you. You know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm dangerous enough to start something but not be able to fully finish it when I get into anything like that. Like, it's just it. I'm so thankful for my handy friends because they're good to, 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 for me to call and to show up and they're like, oh, Omar, you're doing it all wrong, you know. I'm usually spending more money at Home Depot than I should. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's just hard. But, I, but at my house, in my house, I am the one who does have to, to do those little repairs or put things together. I'm the one that owns the tools in my house. Uh, my wife's pretty handy, but... You know, she, she usually kind of wants me to do it first, right? And, um, and so, like I, like I said, I, I'm usually the one that, that has to do those things or put things, those things together. And, and there's many times where um, I realize this about myself. If it's something of high value, if it's something that, that's expensive or, 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 or like if it's uh, putting something together that I know that it's going to make a big difference, and I want to do it right. You know, I, I, I read the instructions. I, I, I look at a few YouTube videos just before I get started because, because this is important. And, and, and I want to do it every step the way it's supposed to be done. I, I want it to look right. I want it to last long. Like, if it's something important, man, I'm putting the effort. But if it's not, usually I don't even read the instructions. Come on, people who buy stuff from Ikea, right? You just look at it. Sometimes you have to, and they're no good, and, and you're looking through it. But sometimes, oftentimes, we just look at the picture, and we're like, oh, i just figure it out. How many people are like me sometimes? Say, i just figure it out, right? I see the picture. I kind of figure out how this goes. And you just start putting it all together, and then eventually you, you get it all together, and you have these extra pieces. And you're just like, oh, man. And then later on, you're realizing, like, those pieces are important, I shouldn't have skipped steps. I shouldn't have cut any corners. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that all of us are building something in our life. I mean, even currently, where you're at right now, you're building something. Everything that you're doing, you're building up to something. You're building up to something. And that's something in life. Uh, you're building it with your time. You're, you're building it with your resources. And you're building it with your talent and your skills. I mean, we're all doing this. Some of you are building your careers. Some of you guys are, are, are building your life back. I mean, God has, has redeemed you, and you're starting new and starting fresh, and you're learning all these new things and, and of how to grow and develop in areas that, that have been uh, lacking, and you're building it up. Some of you are building your businesses right now. 
Some of you are trying to establish a good foundation for your kids, and so you're building practices, healthy, good practices. God has given you the, the, the way to do that, and you're building your homes to be homes that honor God. You're making big decisions. You're putting resources. You're buying books. You're going to conferences. You're going to resources. We're doing all this because we want to build those things up. We want something that's going to last, something that's important to us. We're building our lives. We're, we're building our friendships. We're, we're, we're building our character. I mean, there's many things that we're building, and I think God cares about what you're building in your life, and God wants it to last. He wants you to build with excellence. He does not want you to cut corners when it's these important things to you and, and to your family and, and to your future. I don't know if you know that God cares about what you're building. God does care about what you're building. Now, what I also want to say is on top of all those things, I want to say that, that God also wants you to contribute and build something else that's important to him. It's important to us. If you're a Christ follower, if you're, if you're a person who's been redeemed and, and, and you've been included now into the family of God, then, then you need to add to what you're building this part of, of, of the world, of, of our community. And it's this place that the Bible calls the church of Jesus Christ, his church. And, and the way we practice that, the way this is, this is real to us is this local church called Grace Church. If this is your home church, if this is the place where you feel like this is my community, they're going to help me grow, I feel included into the bigger family of God, and I express that, and I'm part of that through this local body, man, this is it. This is the God is building with us together. So what does that look like? Are you being mindful? Are you being the same way where you're including it into, into your resource, into your time, into your, into your treasure, and, and, and saying, now I'm contributing to something that God is doing, and it's awesome, and it's magnificent, and it's supposed to last? It's the church. It, it's what he established. It's important to God. And we ought to be mindful. That ought to be something in our hearts, both on the local level and on the global level. And you, I want to ask you are, you, are you thinking of that? Are you, are you uh, careful to understand that, like, I'm part of building this thing that Jesus established, that Jesus ordained, that Jesus commissioned, that Jesus anointed, called the church? Am I, am I invested? Are we invested? You know, this was important to Jesus. Actually, in his last instructions, as he spent his last days with his disciples, he, he commissioned them in this way. And he told them, he says, this, this, is, this is what it looks like to build upon what I laid down. He said, go and make disciples. That's how you build the church, is you go to anywhere and everywhere, preach the gospel, and make disciples disciples. Make people that will follow me like you're following me. It's not that complicated, friends. We make it very complicated, but it's not. He just said, come follow me, and then show others how to follow me. He says, share the gospel to all people. I mean, that's really how he narrowed it down. He says, lead them into knowing how to follow me, and, and just all you got to do is teach what I've already taught you. I think we can all do that, right? Wherever level you're in, if you just found Jesus last week, you've got something to give to somebody who doesn't know Jesus. And then you just build on top of that. And so some of us, man, we've been sitting on a treasure of what God has showed us and revealed to us and taught us. And he says, you got something to give. Many of us have so much more than what we think. 
And he says, this is what it will look like. And in the cycle, they would go and they would want to like, let others experience what this means and what this is, this church thing, and what it's, what it's like to be part of a community of faith like this. See, he doesn't want us to just figure it out as we go. Some of us do. Some of us just kind of go through life, and church is just part of it, and it's just, it's just a little space in our life. But, you know, there's other people that handle that. The, the, the pastor and staff, I mean, they'll handle that. They're the professional Christians, man. I just get to show up. I just get to be part of I just get to receive. I mean, nobody in here believes that. Nobody here lives like that. But that happens other places. <laughs> you know, I love you guys. We are a very generous and supportive church. But sometimes our minds can get so focused on all these other things that we're building up and we don't realize that Jesus is calling us to all to build part of his church, to build us up, to build each other up. And we can do that. Jesus says, surely I will be with you always when he gave us his mandate. And we understand that that's through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that he's equipped us for it, this awesome task. And we also have his word, don't we? His holy word, it gives us instructions, gives us wisdom, shows us how to do this thing called church and build relationships. It's not easy. It's messy. But oh my goodness, when you have it in your life and it's clicking, man, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. And so Jesus, I'm so thankful that his early disciples, these ones that felt very inadequate, felt very like un, unqualified, like many of us feel like, they took this to heart. When Jesus commissioned them on that day, they went out. They did what Jesus called them to do. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, they, were, they went out and they shared the gospel and they made disciples. See, to them, church wasn't just something that they did on the weekends. It was part of their life. It was ingrained in them on how they saw the world and how they saw their own purpose in life. That everywhere they went, they thought about it. They, they lived it out. Man, I'm so thankful for these early believers, aren't you? And the many people that came after them and before us, that have been faithful to this thing called the church and, and helped build this church, and we're here today because of them. I'm so thankful. I, I think sometimes we need to take a moment and pause and pray, and we say, God, thank you for the faithfulness of those early believers. Thank you, God, for the centuries of, of Christians that have given their lives for this, for you to sit in that green chair, to be part of this thing called the church, this magnificent thing that God did. And Jesus established. But see, here's the great thing about what we get to be part of right now. Is that we're not, we're, not, we're not having to establish the startup. If anybody's ever started a business or started something, you know that there's the groundwork that has to happen. It's hard to break through that hard ground. But yet, we get to, we get to build on top of what's already been laid. We, we, we get to be part of that. It's already been established. It's already been, there's a foundation that's grand, and we just get to build on top of it. But friends, what we need to understand is that it's our turn now. It's our turn now. You know, Paul, uh, the apostle, he, he told the Corinthian church this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. He taught them Jesus. He preached Jesus. He showed them that it was by grace and grace alone that you could be saved. And, and he did all the groundwork. He says, and someone else is building on it. And, and you and I are the someone else that we get to be. He says, but each should build with care. Each one should build with care. See, we need to be careful how we build on top of what's already been there, this foundation that God has given us. And even in here, in, in, in our world here, it's Grace Church. 
we got to be careful how we build upon the legacy of this church. And this church has a rich legacy. 30 plus years of legacy of faithful people who've been faithful to this house and to, to, with their generosity, with their talents, with their gifts. And, and, they just, and we get to, have you thought about that? That we are blessed because of their sacrifice. Here's the question that always in front of me when, uh, as I'm leading this church in this season, um, I, I just thought, man, will we be called faithful to the congregation that will be here 30 years from now? Well, they look back in 2021 and what we endured in 2020, and they say, man, those were some faithful people. In spite of everything going on in the world, man, they, contribute, they contributed, they were a part of, they rolled up their sleeves, they got together, they didn't lose fellowship with each other, man, they, they just dug in. They stepped out. Oh, I just hope that there's so many great stories that come out of our generation for the next generation about our church about what we stand for, about who we are. We have a legacy. It's beautiful. I think about the past pastors, and I've heard some stories. I'm like, I want stories like that and the faithfulness of the, of, of the people that were part of this church at one time. Some of them are in the glorious riches of the Lord's kingdom right now, celebrating on streets of gold right now. Those are precious people. You may not even know their names, but they, they, they are part of what happened here. The revivals, the healings, oh, so glorious. I'm like, man, I want that to be in our generation as well. Let it not stop here. But we are responsible for that. It is our responsibility, but we have a great legacy. One to learn from, one to build on, but, but not just to admire from afar, but to, to take our part, to do our share. And I think that that's our responsibility. And as your pastor, let me tell you, I go before God, I listen to the Holy Spirit and say, God, help us shape the direction that we're going into. I don't, I don't, some people say, man, you might, I might get some people frustrated sometimes because maybe I'm a little slower to make a big major decision, but I do it because I want to hear from God because I don't want, I want to build rights. I want to build something that's going to have an infrastructure that can stand the test of time, that can stand generations. Not just to make us feel good in the moment, but I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about your kids and your grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we ought to be thinking about when we talk about building the church. Not just here and what we can get out of it, but what can others get from it. Yeah. That's why he says you need to build with care. Don't skip the steps. I feel like i got to tell somebody, don't skip the steps. God has got you in, a, in this spot for a reason. He's building your character from the inside out. And some of you are getting antsy, and, and, and you need to understand that those steps are there for a reason because God is building you to last longer than what you think in your ministry and what God wants to do in your life. It's going to go beyond what you think. So allow him to do that work from the inside out. Let him re and also take time to reinforce your foundation. Reinforce your foundation. And that, uh, that's really what we're talking about here. It's reinforcing the foundation, reinforcing the mission and the vision of what Jesus said that the church would be. And you need to understand this is that a good builder is a careful builder. A good builder is a careful builder. I want to be a good builder. I don't know about you. I want to be a good builder. And, and so where is this into relation to our church? Well, here's the thing. We must be careful not to remove ourselves from the foundation that has been laid here at Grace. Or, or in our local church, right? 
That's how we're a careful builder. We don't move from the foundation that has already been established. No matter how tempting it might feel at times to remove ourselves. I like to say this, let's keep the main thing the main thing. And what's the main thing? The cross, right? Jesus. Not just Jesus, but what he did this for. We all know that the foundation is super important, don't we? It isn't, it, 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 I, I don't want to insult your intelligence, but we know how important like, a foundation is for any building, right? If the foundation is laid right, if the foundation has given its time and done well, then, then, then when you build the building on top, it can handle the weight, and it won't shift, and it won't crack, and there won't be damage when the storms come. None of you would buy a house or think second to buy a house if the foundation was cracked, if this foundation was unstable. No, we want a good, solid foundation. See, the foundation by our founding pastors, Mike and Claire McIntosh, they, they laid a foundation for Grace Church, and it was this, is that it's in Christ and Christ alone, by his mission and his purposes. Now, it's been expressed in many different ways, but that is our foundation, friends. That, that is our foundation. Now, am I running out of time already? Am I? I don't know. Somebody needs to help me with the clock here. The Bible tells us this in Ephesians 2, 19. He says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Do you hear what he's saying here? He says, at one time we were away from God, and I love that that's been the foundation of our church, is that, is that no one stands alone. That, that, that we try to go out to the people that feel like they have no home, that they are lost. And he says, you were those people. You were foreigners from God's ways. You were strangers, and now you've been brought into a family. That's our foundation. Is that that's God's desire. And he says that you have been built upon the foundations of the prophets and the apostles, what they taught through Scripture, and it all hinged on who? Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone of that all where everything that we do is all about Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That will never change here. And whom the whole building, meaning us, are fitted together on purpose for a purpose, growing into a holy temple before God, that God assembles us together to manifest his presence. Now, you have the presence of God. If you believe in Jesus and he's dwelling in you, you have the presence of God in your life. But there's something special when we collectively come together and his presence manifests it among us. And that's his desire. That's his desire. And he says that, that we are a holy temple I don't know if you think about that when you come and you show up here or if you're online and you open your home to connect with us and you're saying, man, I'm part of something bigger. There's something sacred. There's something holy in that moment. He says, that's what we get to experience when we come together as a church. There's no other place like that. There's no other thing like that. It's special and we need to hold it to that, 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 that value. That's how God sees us. And you matter. And whom all being built together for a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. We get to do that. We get to be part of that. This is the place where heaven and earth collide. That's what makes our worship set so rich. It's not because we're trying to impress you with the music and the sound. Because, uh, you know, we're going to be off some days. There's going to be times where there's technical things. There's times where, you know, you know, you get what I'm saying, but it's the heart behind it. 
that you feel like the atmosphere has changed, that there's something going, growing inside, and that you experience heaven touching earth. That's what this is. That's why it's important. And those of you who are watching online, if you haven't been, if you're capable of coming together, if you're capable of coming in fellowship, come. Don't neglect the assembly, the gathering of people. I've got to tell you, come. If, you, if, if you're just like, well, it's just easier for me to stay home, it's less traffic, it's less, fight that. Come together, stay connected, plug in, get into people's, in, in relationship with people, okay? But God is building this, and it's not made out of concrete or wood, but it's made with people. He's building this church with people. And that's what I love about this passage. I'm serious. How much time? <laughs> yeah? Okay. Oh, I was getting into where we're going, but I believe God's got something already happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just want to be mindful of their kids downstairs. But, but last week, last week we talked about this idea through this passage, and I gave you all that setup because I wanted you to understand in context of this prophetic word, I believe it's a prophetic word for the season that we're in today, Okay. And, and, and it talked at the very beginning, it said how worship was so important, that we need to worship before we receive. We need to rejoice before we receive. And we talked about that has to be the, the major like, thing in our life. That has to be the core of us is to worship God. And you guys are worshipers, and we understand that. And that was what last week was about. And now God's switching from the reaction to the responsibility. He says, I will bless, I will pour, I will increase, I will expand. I got things in store for you, church. But now you are responsible to make room. Now you're responsible to be ready for what's coming. And what does he say? In verse 2, he says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. I asked our team, I know like we have Mother's Day, we have a, you know, I, I got to be away for a funeral and a family, um, but, but I'll be back. And I want to I continue on this. This was supposed to be a short series. I was like, no, I got to explain this because I believe God has instructions for us on learning how to stretch and how to enlarge and how to, how to not hold back, how to lengthen and how to strengthen. Yeah. I believe there's certain instructions there that I want to take some time to unpack. Yeah. But the first one he says is, he says, I want you to enlarge the place of your tent. I want you to make room by enlarging your footprint, expanding your parameters, your borders, to reach out past and beyond that. Do you see how that's how God sees us? He looks at this church. He looks at this community. He says, you are thinking too small. You're settling in when I'm saying it's time to spread out. That's why I love the way this is translated in another uh, version. It's in the message transliteration. He says this. He says, he says you're going to need a lot of elbow room, friends. <laughs> Jesus, I, I just believe in the Spirit of God. He said, you need to spread out. You need to elbow room before your growing family. I love that. That spoke to me in so many different levels. Think about church and think about this. Think about bringing people into the family of God, those that are lost, those that are far from God, and we're bringing them into a community like we have. People that feel like they have no home, we make a home yeah. with us. He says, I'm bringing them in. He says, you're going to take over whole nations. In other words, you're going to impact your community and your culture. And you're going to resettle 
abandoned cities. I mean, think about areas in our community, in our lives, in our neighborhoods that, that just seem like they're dark places, places that are in ruins, places that are falling apart, places that are run down. And God says, don't be afraid of those places because I'm sending you to those places. You're going to spread out and you're going to influence, you're going to impact those places because that's my heart's desire. See, God delights in blessing. God delights in expansion. God delights in increase. And the Lord wants to bless us. He wants to bless us. So I believe the Lord is calling us in this season as Grace Church. He's saying, you need to be ready. You need to do your part. You need to, to stretch out. You need to enlarge the place of your tent. And I really wrestled with that. I said, what does that mean? Does that mean do more stuff? Because I don't want to do more stuff, God. I'm exhausted. <laughs> he said, no. No. Not the stuff. Not after the stuff. You know, God told me, he says, he's got plenty of stuff. He doesn't need our stuff. What's God after then? What's important to God? See, we impress others with our stuff. But the Bible says God doesn't look on the outside or the appearance of stuff or people. Where does he look? He looks into the heart. He's like, I want your heart. I want their heart. I want their heart. I want them. I want the lost. That's my heart. You want to know my heart? You want to know what impresses me? It's people that are after my own heart. And what's my heart say? My heart beats for those that are lost. So to enlarge the size of our tent has to start with enlarging the size of our heart for the lost. For those that don't know God, don't have relationship with him. God is pursuing him, and he wants a church that has that same heartbeat that he has for those that are lost, that are away from God, that are living in darkness, that are living hopeless, and yet we have this treasure in us that God's like, I want you to give. If you're just storing it up for yourself, then you're missing the whole entire point. If you think Christianity, you think if, if the climax of Christianity is just to be a good person and just to live well, then, and that's it until you die, then you're missing the whole point. It's about kingdom. It's about my mission. It's about you being alive because you are understanding that your life is way more than what you think. That it's for someone else. I, I think we need to start by understanding this, is what does the church exist for? What does the church exist for? Maybe that's where we just need to start and stop. To really ask ourselves and say, what does the church exist for? Because I think many of us think it just exists for us. It just exists for my needs, my preferences, the things I like to help me grow. There's nothing wrong with wanting those things. There's nothing wrong with having those things so that you can grow. The church does exist for you, but it exists for you and someone else. Have you ever looked at church and say, this exists for me and so-and-so? Because you need to start thinking church of you and. Who's the and? Where do you fill in that blank? I think that's what God is doing. I think that's what he's stretching us with. I think that's what he's getting us towards. He's saying, keep your eyes out there. Keep your eyes towards the harvest. I got so many scriptures that I wanted to share that I'll probably put on, on some notes on, online about God's desire. Last week I shared with you second, and I'll just give you reference here, Second Peter 3, 9, where he says that the Lord is not slow to keep in his promise so, some, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 
You know, Jesus is coming back. Some of us are, I mean, most, we're all looking forward to that day. I know we are. But if I want to be honest with you, pastor of uh, the heart of a pastor grieves a little bit to know that if he came today, who would not make it? I got family members. I got friends. I got neighbors that I love dearly that are good people that, that, that I love, but they don't know Jesus. And if they don't know Jesus, then they're not going to be there with him when he comes back to get his bride, to get his people for all eternity. And I'm just wondering if we just gotten like just lukewarm on that fact. And if we're okay with that, because we'll be saved. Guys, break your heart with what breaks the heart of Jesus and that there's many people that don't know him. Second, 1 Timothy 2.4 or 2.1, he says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. He didn't say just the Christians or just the church. He says, pray for all people and ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give them thanks for them. He says, this is what good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone, everybody say everyone, to be saved and to understand the truth. God wants everyone. Even in the Old Testament, he's, he's calling out in Ezekiel. He's calling out and he says, he's, he doesn't want anyone to perish. Do you understand that? God doesn't want anyone to perish. And it grieves his heart when someone lost passes away. Does it grieve our heart? If it doesn't, we need to like change something. We need to reflect on that. We need to come to the presence of God and say, God, change my heart for what your heart is for. Somehow I lost the focus. Somehow I built off another foundation. And I need to get back on this foundation. I think that's what God is calling us to do. If God's ultimate desire is for all people to be saved, then that too should be our desire for all people to be saved. Problem is, is oftentimes we, when we think of the lost, okay, they just seem like they're those people. Hmm? Some people, the really bad people, I don't know what you think, but those could be some thoughts. But I think in the, in the context of Scripture, what Jesus is calling us to, when he's talking about the lost, it was never someone that was invisible. It was just someone who was ignored. And so I'm, what I'm wondering is if when we think about the lost, and, and it seems like it's, it's something else outside of our lives, then, then maybe we have it all wrong. And I have to think that there are people in your life that, are on, that God has placed you in their life on purpose. And the reason why you have that job, the reason why you have that, uh, that, that parent is in your, in your kid's sports team, or, 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 or that person is, I mean, this, this, this lost person, it has a name, and you know the name. It's the barista that knows your drink. And you know they're lost without Jesus. It's the teacher that, that, that is your kid's teacher and you're corresponding with them on, on emails and you know they're lost outside of relationship with Jesus. And you might think, how do I bring them to the knowledge of, that I have of Jesus and who he is? 
And, and so many times we just think, we get weirded out. We're like, I don't know how to set this up. But I was going to ask you, when was the last time you prayed for them? Maybe that's where we start. Maybe we just need to have a burden to pray for them. And let me tell you, there's 200 and like, and, and uh, I don't know, like 260-something days left of the year. And I'm wondering if you put them on a list, if you put their name and scratch it down near somewhere where you're going to look at every day, maybe your mirror, and you make a commitment and say, I'm going to pray for this person or these people. I have people I've been praying for uh, that, are, that are lost without Jesus for decades. And every day that I call their name, I just say, God, I just see a vision of what they would, what would happen in their life, the joy that would burst from their hearts, the change and transformation that would occur, the other people that they would be reached because they are special and unique and they can do, they can do miraculous things for God. But they're bounded up, they're chained up, they're lost, they're in dark, they're hope. I mean, they're in the hard place right now. And I'm just praying, continually praying. And I don't lose my passion because I just believe that as I continue to pray, God is working. I think some of us think that God's not working. Who are you to say that? God is working, but we got to pray. We got to press in. We got to keep bringing them before God. We got to believe, and then we got to be ready. I think that's what God's saying. He says, stretch out. Stretch out. Look beyond. I want to close with this. There was a time where Jesus had a moment with his followers in this exact context where he looked at a crowd. He was ministering to people, but he was looking at a crowd. He was looking at the mass of humanity, and he was seeing all their faces. He was hearing all their burdens. You know, Jesus was able to do that. Do you know Jesus is still able to do that? And so he's looking at him, and, and it says this. This is, this is amazing to me. This is, just makes me fall in love with Jesus more and more because he says when he looked at the crowd, he had compassion on him. The Greek word says that he had some deep feeling in his emotion, in his guts, that it burdened him, it saddened him. He, he just, he, he welled inside and says, oh, my goodness. And this is what he says. He says they are harassed, that he saw the lost. He saw these people. He says that they're harassed, they're helpless, and they're with sheep without a shepherd. Do we see those people the same manner? what does Jesus do? Jesus could have kept this to himself. Jesus could have, could have just prayed and, and, and went to his closet, which I think he did many times. But in this moment, scripture reveals that, that he turns to his disciples. He takes his feelings. He takes his emotion. He takes his burden for the lost. And he turns to his disciples and he starts to share it with them. He brings them into his burden for the lost. And he says, you need to understand how I feel. I believe Jesus still does that to his disciples today. Are you listening? Are you open to him pouring that out and saying, this is how I'm grieving for the lost. This is my heart for them. I see them as helpless, harassed, and sheep without a shepherd, wandering in life with no direction. Or their destination is not what I want for them. And so he brings it to them and he says this. He says, he says, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest. He says, pray not only for the lost, because that's where we go. Pray for my followers that they would have a heart for the lost. <laughs> Guys, my heart is today is to tell you that, like, I want to pray that our hearts will be hearts for the lost, that we would do everything and anything short of sin to win one to win two, to win three, to win as many as we can because we know that the days are short and the days are few. Jesus is returning again. And if we don't have that, that in our hearts, then we're going to miss every opportunity that God puts in front of us and the people that he's put in our lives. 
and we either want to fight them or run from them. But the third option is will you contend for them? That's the heart of Jesus. Can we stand to our feet? So I want to close this way. I want us to pray for that one. Just the one. Many of us might have more, but just the one that you know that God has been revealing to you. God is putting on your heart. God is saying you're there for, they're in your life for a reason and a purpose. And, and, and that's what I want to do. So will you allow, I mean, we said make room to do whatever you want. What did you think that was? For you? What if that meant for someone else? Do you still feel that way? Like we sang it with a beautiful melody? Make room, do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. Okay, tomorrow is going to be the test. This week will be the test. What, 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 are we really believing that today? Do whatever you want to. God, if I got to speak, if I got to share, if I got to pray, if I got to, whatever that is, that opportunity. If you feel like I don't have anybody in my life that is lost in this manner, man, you need to pray right now. Say, God, open my eyes. Because the success of the harvest isn't on what we bring into the barn. It's what's still left out on the field. And as far as I know right now, there's still a lot out on the field. I don't care how big this church gets. It's about how many people know Jesus in the end, right? Let's pray. Father, I pray for the one. Lord, in your scripture, you said, God, that you are the God who leaves the 99 to go out for the one, Lord. I pray that we look at the one in our lives, God. Not thinking that we're better than them, God, but believing, God, that you love them just as much as you love us. And that it was someone who came to us. It was someone who loved us. It was someone who didn't stop and give up on us when we were in our lost state. So let us be that one for them as we are looking at that one that you are looking at right now. I pray for that one. Bring it to our remembrance every single day, God. I pray that it give us the, just that determination, persistence to keep them before you every day this year. And every opportunity we get, Lord God, we're just going to keep watering that good seed. We're going to believe that you are working and that the harvest is ripe. So I pray for whoever that is. And I, uh, God, I can't move any further if there's anybody here, God, who does not know you brought them here to hear this message you haven't clicked on this stream so they can understand that you love them that you that they are the one and that all this week of preparation was this message just for them to show them how special and how much you love them and how there's a church here with arms wide open to embrace them here at grace church that says welcome home we've been waiting for you i pray that today that revelation come true to many people right now if there's anybody in this room, just receive it right now. Say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I repent of my sins. I ask you, I surrender my life to you. Come into my life. And if you pray that prayer, that simple prayer, then the Bible says that he is faithful and just to restore your life. So that's you. Come talk to me afterwards. God, thank you for this church. Keep us strong. Keep us faithful as we move on mission this week. In Jesus' name, where we said, amen, amen. God bless you. We love you. Moms. Next week is bring your mom to church day, so invite your mom. All right, sorry for going a little long. This was an important message. God bless. Thank you for joining us. There's plenty of ways to get connected here at Grace Church. Find us on social media by searching Grace Church Federal Way or visit our website in the link below. Have a blessed week.